and welcome to the Miko Bits Show, and I'm your host, Miko Bits, and today I have another exciting show for you. It's Amy Wan, the founder and CEO of Bling, and Bling is one of these blockchain game companies, but I think what you're going to learn is that it's not a completely run-of-the-mill so-called blockchain gaming company. So I think that we're going to have a twist in this tale. And so I really think that that's going to be exciting. But before we go there, I want to make sure that you understand that this video program is opinion only and it's information and entertainment. It's not supposed to be investment advice. So seek a licensed professional for any of that. Before we start, if you're interested in Bitcoin and blockchain, please consider clicking that subscribe button and also click the bell so you can get notifications about future videos that I might post. Thank you. So without further ado, it is Amy Wan, CEO of Bling. Amy, how's it going? Good. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. My opening question for all guests is how did you get involved in blockchain technology? Oh, gosh. Um, once upon a time, I worked in the federal government. And if you know anything about working in the federal government, it just means you push around policy papers um, and people just keep pushing around the same policy for several years. So I was getting really frustrated and bored. And so I decided I wanted to learn how to code. So I think I probably went on to like Coursera or something, which was super new at the time. And the the coding um, class there, the professor said, hey, code a website and ask people for Bitcoins. And I was like, what is this Bitcoin thing? So that's the first time I heard about Amazing. it. Amazing. Um, and this was back in 2012. So, you know, kind of early on. Yeah. Um, and then when I, you know, moved back to LA from DC, um, I wanted to do something that was newer. You know, a lot of laws just, oh, it's stale. There's too much to learn. Um, and I, I, I saw that, hey, there's like a lot of regulatory stuff around crypto, like a lot of unfigured out reg oh, regulatory yeah. stuff. And so I thought, hey, that might be a, a good avenue to look into getting into this. That's fantastic. Well, uh, what I did want to say is, first of all, just as a matter of disclosure, since I am speaking with someone who has legal training, that, uh, you know, I'm actually part of a general partner with a venture fund that is invested in Bling, which is Amy's company. So, you know, just want to let the audience know that that is that's a disclosure that I have to make. Uh, but one of the things I did want to say in that context is, is that, you know, we're very excited to be an investor in this, uh, you know, and uh, if I understand it properly, this is like a first time startup CEO role for you, right? So yes, like, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we thought that, uh, you know, this is a very, uh, you know, we, we got to know Amy a bit through her uh, prolific speaking engagements at crypto conferences and events, uh, you know, mostly representing perspectives around legal uh, sort of perspectives and regulatory perspectives on this important emerging blockchain space. But being impressed by the person, we thought that this would be a great opportunity to invest in her startup. And, you know, that, that was, I think, a great uh, experience for us. And, you know, we've been incredibly 
pleased by all of your entrepreneurship over over the years and and your uh, quite amazing success so far so you know i think you have a profitable uh startup company which in this day and age is enviable and and valuable so uh you know so congratulations and i have to say thank you for you know taking the leap of faith with us and spending so much time with us and you know you and roy and everyone at gumi has you guys have been amazing investors. Oh, thanks so much. I mean, we definitely uh, are excited. And I think the main topic of this event is actually crypto gaming. And so, you know, for us, like Gumi uh, as has its origins as a mobile gaming company in Japan. And so, you know, the thing that's interesting about crypto gaming from my personal side is, you know, while I uh, am kind of a gamer from long ago and, you know, occasionally still play some games, like I'm, I'm not really that knowledgeable about game investing. I'm much more knowledgeable about kind of blockchain and really, if you want to go back in time, kind of open source software and developers, right? And that's more of my kind of core. But I would say this, right, which is that blockchain gaming is something that is rapidly emerging. And I'd love to get kind of your perspective. So, you know, Amy, as a kind of successful founder, entrepreneur, CEO in the in the blockchain gaming space, you know, tell tell us your kind of unique perspective, uh, you know, on, on blockchain gaming. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, I think I'm going to kind of clarify terms, right? So sure. I think a lot of people say blockchain gaming and the, immediately the first thing that they think about is NFTs or yes. non-fungible tokens. Non-fungible tokens. And can, you, can you, for the for the beginners, like what is an NFT or what is a non-fungible token? Basically, think about, I, I think the easiest way to think about this is think about any card game that you have ever played, even it's like Pokemon cards, right? Yeah. There's always, um, there's always going to be something of value, right? And so the idea of non-fungible tokens is, at least in gaming, is, hey, um, I can actually take this and do something with it. Maybe I can put it in another game. Maybe I can sell it on the secondary market. And today, that's not something that really exists in the gaming world. Um, so, you know, I think blockchain gaming has a pretty wide umbrella. And right now, 80, 90% of the tension is focused on um, companies that are in the non fungible token space. Yes. And um, you know, that's that's great. I think it's going to be great for card games, great for collectibles. We are a little bit different. You know, our company, the way blockchain plays a, a part in our company is that, you know, we reward our users with Bitcoin. So Bling is a um, it's a it's a mobile uh, loyalty and rewards platform for Bitcoin. Our users basically they come in, they play our games, and reward reward them for their loyalty through Bitcoin. Um, and so, obviously, because Bitcoin is on blockchain, that's how blockchain kind of uh, plays is plays a role in our company. And you know, we can get into interesting topics like transaction fees and stuff like that later on. But um, we and, and, came up and, and for for a little more, like what, what what's the web uh, URL? Like where would oh. people go visit to see what you're? Yeah, so our website is blingfi.com. So blingfi.com, yep. and uh, right now we are on Android only. We've got four games on Android. So our yep. our most prominent game is Bitcoin Blast. It's kind of like it's a match three game, kind of like Candy Crush, right? Yep. Um, and you know. I think we kind of approached uh, the question or the gaming industry from a much different perspective. 
for us, you know, when you guys invested in us, yeah. we had a very different concept. Yeah, right? talk about um, that. Yeah, so you know, my my co-founder and I, we both come from fintech companies, and you know, for me, it's like legal tech and fintech. So we looked at the smart contract space thought that there were a lot of gaps and originally had a concept and, and raised around around you know bridging those gaps but you know smart contract technology is very futuristic it's it's you know it there's not a huge total addressable market today and that was probably one of the first things i learned in this entrepreneurial journey is you know if you're going to play the long game you have to uh, want to survive the long game and the long game might be several decades. Right. Yes. And we were like, well, we're not really into that. So when we kind of got a whiff that it wasn't working, we thought, well, what is a need in the market today? Right. Either for the overall ecosystem. And then for us specifically, we, we want a successful company. Um, and so we thought, where is a large total addressable market? And so we looked at the gaming industry. It's huge. Mobile gaming in particular is yeah. just, it's just skyrocketing. Every single year, it just goes, uh, it, it grows larger and larger. And right now during COVID, everyone's at home on their phones, bored to that death, and they're just playing games, right? So um, the, the expectation is this year, it's going to grow even faster. Um, so we kind of looked at this gaming industry and we said, hey, you know, the gaming industry is, they're really good first adopters. Yes. And so how can we mix crypto and games? And so the problem that we came up with was, hey, you know, it's really scary today to get into crypto. You know, um, there is a huge educational gap, right? Like, you know, I asked my brother, do you own any Bitcoin? He's like, oh, no, it's too expensive. And he didn't know you could own fractions of Bitcoin. You know, yeah. you have to know, you have to be willing to take your hard earned money and take that investment plunge. Um, it feels like an investment, right? Yeah, and and that's heavy. always a scary thing. It's, it's very heavy. And then, you know, it's like all the technical hurdles. You got to like connect bank accounts to like, you know, convert fiat to crypto and all that stuff. It's it's like a, a, a multi-step process. It's uh, and so, a bunch of adulting. Yes. And so we thought, okay, how can we kill a couple birds with one stone? And so we said, hey, what if we gave people crypto for free and they could earn it instead of buying it so it doesn't feel nearly as scary? We created a really um, fun experience for it as opposed to a daunting experience. And it's a way for people to earn their first crypto without um, having to take the scary plunge. And so that's what we did. We launched our first game 14 months ago. Um, now we have four titles and we have uh, over 2.25 million users. Um, you know, we're, we have over 100,000 um, daily actives. Um, That's incredibly you know, fast. We're profitable. That's, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> incredibly fast. Very uh, incredibly productive team and a, a really, really uh, a great, amazing pivot. So, you know, it's a uh, congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. Lots of lessons learned in the interim. Yeah, I mean, I think to me, the thing that's so difficult about these types of things in the trenches is, you know, I just want to kind of get your perspective with respect to entrepreneurship, right? Because in a way, I have this kind of way of looking at things where I think about 
kind of feeling like something special is happening and something special is going to happen to me and this is really special, right? That's one mindset, right? And that mindset is is really people who are willing to gut it out, right? Because they're basically like, well, I'm just going to gut it out because I watched all these movies where that's what the person did. The hero was, you know, faced with troubles and then they overcame the troubles. And so something special, I'm special and something special is happening and I'm going to be the special one and it's going to be great. Right. And then there's the other feeling of like, wow, like nothing special is happening. This is not special at all. Like I have to pivot. Right. Like this isn't this isn't happening. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like you really nailed that as an entrepreneur. And it's something that so many entrepreneurs out there struggle with so much because they just wake up almost every day and they're like, I'm pretty sure this isn't what success feels like, right? And so, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, so then how do they decide? Like, it's like, do I pivot or do I stick to my guns, right? And it's kind of like, well, I've watched, like, 30,000 YouTube videos that tell me to stick to my guns. But, like, is that even the right thing to do? So how, how did you experience that? Because you, you really did it right. You know, back in 2017, um, there was a lot of talk and not quite as much, I would say, uh, building, but building in a practical way, right? Not like just building right. for the sake of building. And so, you know, back in 2017, 2018, when we were just getting started with our initial concept, I was going out talking on the conference circle all the time, you know, and to be honest, there was not a lot of ROI. I, there's a lot of good networking, not a lot of ROI, right? Um, and so you really, told, so you're really paying a lot of attention to kind of the industry and and kind of business, right? So you're really looking yeah. at the, like like where's the business? And I just felt like uh, a lot of the industry was very uh, there was a lot of philosophical dogma, right? And there's sometimes I feel like in crypto, there's almost this attitude of we're going to wipe the slate clean and start from anew. But then you, the, the the downside of that is you end up not learning the all the lessons that you know we've learned from Silicon Valley and and the first tech boom for the last 20, 30 years, right? Yeah, um, so yeah, so like for example, like just just around UI and UX, like the UI and UX around crypto and blockchain today, super, super complicated, really hard for anyone except the most dedicated and technical savvy to like get on board, right? Um, and, you know, and, and it's something the industry is still struggling with. And so, you know, I, I think because my co-founder and I are we're not in our 20s. <laughs> yeah. We've been around the block a little bit. Yep. And so we we were very, we're like super practical. And so back, you know, back in 2018, when we were like trying to do like sales calls with enterprises and other startups for this like, you know, risk product around smart contracts, yes. we found that you know, for enterprises, they're not even there. They're still learning about blockchain. They're yeah. not going to be on smart contracts for another 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I remember so, those. Uh, <laughs> I remember those advisory calls and whatnot. And, yeah, and then for the ICOs, it was like, you know, like they weren't really taking risk into account. Um, they, yeah. So, uh, and so we're like, oh my God, like it's so hard to even make 
a sale. Like, what are we going to do? And we just, we just tried a bunch of stuff. And I'm sure you guys were worried about us back then. Um, and we kind of went into this stage where we we're like, okay, we're going to try, we're just going to take the shotgun approach. We're going to try a bunch of different things and see what happens. So we did one experiment around security tokens. You know, we did one experiment around games and, you know, um, there was not, we, we, we started adopting this attitude of it doesn't matter what the product is. It only matters about the numbers, right? Yeah, We that's just great. became super hardcore practical about numbers, numbers, numbers. And so the game approach started taking off. And so we, you know, shut down all the other parts, all the other experiments, um, sold off other business lines, and then just started, you know, doubling down, tripling down into uh, the game's product. That's impressive. And to me, like the thing that's so interesting about this is, is that uh, good entrepreneurship in my mind is very much balancing kind of the quantitative and the qualitative, right? And the quantitative, ultimately in the long run, the qualitative wins, right? In the long run, right? Because uh, the qualitative is the domain that explains what events mean. What does that mean? What does that mean? But in the short run, the thing that's fascinating that you're saying is the quantitative is like is super important because if nothing is happening, you can't explain it well. There's no story that that can really fix nothing happened, right? Like like you can't fix that with a story. Like that's a bad story, right? So in a sense, you kind of went into this mode where it's like I just want quantity i just want num i want something to happen make something happen show me something right so yeah you're running yeah. a lot of experiments where you were just looking for numbers you're like what you know if if anything happens i'm going to like do that that's fascinating that's an amazing uh approach and insight and you know and it, it clearly demonstrably like successful right like you, you 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 know and the thing that's amazing is is that you have four game titles and the game titles are all kind of like healthy. So like that's, that's, you know, that's astonishing. Like that's an astonishing kind of hit rate for uh, the game industry. Like, you know, like game companies typically don't have that experience or they typically yeah. don't do that. That doesn't happen. So like, tell me, tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for us, it's all about product market fit and understanding your user base and, you know, I, you know, I think my co-founder and I are super aware that a lot of people look at the crypto industry and the first thing they think about is scam, right? And so and even if you look on, you know, the Google Play Store or whatever apps, crypto apps there are out there today, some of them are scams, like I'm going to be totally honest, right? Yeah. And so, you know, it, it came down to a lot of different things when we first launched our first game. Everyone in the company and that includes myself and my co-founder. We did customer support every day. Oh, that's so good. And we like we we still continue to do it, um, but you know, not nearly as often. Sure, sure. That's, <laughs> uh, but, that also makes sense. But you know, it really helped us because it our users started telling us what they wanted, what they hated. Um, we we got to really shorten the the feedback loop. Tell me, tell um, me a story about any inter customer interaction from back then, like anything that that where you were like, oh, that's 
where you actually actioned it, where you were like, okay, I'm going uh, like, that's, that's novel. Like, like I learned something today, like we're going to do something. So, I mean, I feel like it happens like every week. Right. I see. Um, I see. So it's a but, lot of, it, a lot of suggestions yes. and you're, and you're yes, really and just chunking away doing this, all the things. And sometimes the user doesn't know what the solution is, right? But there are things that we see, right? So if we're, if like 50% of our customer support tickets are asking like, hey, how do I cash out? That tells us, hey, uh, we are not clear enough about the cash out process, got it, got it, right? Got it. And so that means we have to reevaluate our design. We have to reevaluate, like our app is worldwide. But we know that not our user, not all our users can speak or read English. And we know them because they send in customer support tickets or they write Google reviews in different languages, or they'll wow. literally write a customer support ticket that says, I can't read English. Can you translate your app into like a local, our, our local language, right? And Amazing. we don't have localization capability today, but it tells us so much about who our user is. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. That's, that's so interesting. So, uh, so, so. I think earlier you were talking about kind of your twist, right? So, you know, it sounds like you're saying like, hey, you know, the NFT or non-fungible token collectible like thing, that's a very, very big part of what everyone kind of thinks of as blockchain gaming, right? So the question, you know, without then kind of going into so-called like blockchain gaming, you know, tell me, tell me kind of like how you see blockchain as a way for you to kind of like uh gain a competitive advantage like like how is how has that worked out for you yeah i mean so it's been a couple different things actually so you know i'll preface this by saying that um i know not everyone likes coinbase and that's totally fine sure but if you look at other rewarded cash apps on the apple store on the google play store Sometimes they feel very scammy because they tell you, hey, you have to earn $10, $40 of credit in order to cash out on a payment processor like PayPal, right? And they, they do that because of the transaction fee that's right. involved with the cash out. Yep. But the problem is, you know, if you read the reviews, it, it basic, the game basically seems like it's constructed so you can never actually cash out, right? Yeah. So I think very few people do, which is probably good for the company. Yeah we have actually been able to democratize cash outs because currently the way we do it, there is no transaction fee. So we cash people out via Coinbase, at least for right now. Yep. And because it is an off-chain transaction, um, it's free. And so, you know, our cash out minimum for most people, it's, it's not the same for everybody, but our cash out minimum for most people they basically only have to play the game for five, 10 minutes to experience a cash out. Wow. And that, and because they, there's so little investment it, and, and they're able to cash out so early, they know like, hey, I've been paid. This is not a scam, right? And I think in crypto, it's super important to earn the trust of your user because I feel like there's so I many scams. Uh, your, your mindset is wonderful. I mean, one of the things that uh, Andrew Mason said, the kind of founder of Groupon, is he basically said, user has opened your app. You've got about 10 seconds to show that you're valuable, right? And the, and the way that Groupon solved the problem was, was you open the app and the first thing you see is like 70% uh, off skydiving, right? So, so, you know, it's not that the person's like, oh my God, I've been wanting to go skydiving my whole life. It's like, no, like at least they can look at the screen and be like, I wow. actually understand 
what this is about. Like, 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 it's like, it's like, why, <laughs> why do I care about this? Like, they get it. Like, they're like, well, I don't care for skydiving, but like, I get seventy percent off of stuff. Like, like, I get like that's a large discount on something, you know. And then it's kind of like they scroll, right? Then they're like, well, okay, what else can I get, you know? Because it's like that's a large discount. So, like, you know, I think that's kind of like you're actually talking more about a loop, you know. Yeah. And the loop is more like, oh, I gain things and then I cash them out, you know, but like, to me, the thing that you're focusing on in like crypto or blockchain gaming is you're really focused on like, you know, that first experience of like, is this some BS? Like, is this some scam thing that sucks? You know, is this some cheat way to cheat me? You know, and it's kind of like immediately it's like, no, immediately like, okay, we're good. You're good. We're square. But also fundamentally, we offer a completely different experience, right? Because let's say you go the other route of I'm going to buy some crypto to get into crypto. Well, first you have to go get over that like, oh my gosh, I might lose money feeling. Yeah. Right? Um, and then it's like, oh, connect bank accounts. Oh my God, this is all so hard. How do you store this stuff? Whereas for us, it's like, A, we're going to make it super easy for you. B, you're you're going to play games and earn money slash crypto yeah and and see like the games are pretty fun right like these are all like proven tried and true games and so fundamentally just the attitude you have when you're onboarding through us onto crypto as opposed to like you know uh an exchange or something it's it feels a lot less scary mm. That is very interesting. Can you kind of talk a little bit about sort of, um, I guess I would say like the brand experience, like, like, uh, like what is, what is it? Like, what is it that people are thinking about? Like, how do they, how do they understand like bling? Like when they, like, what is, what is, what is bling to them? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I read a lot of our user reviews, I do customer support every couple of weeks, Amazing. right? And so, <laughs> and so, I if I could characterize it, I would say that our users like that we put out games regularly, that we always pay, that That's we great. are responsive, and you know, like it'll. It's just even like the little things, like you know, we have a pinned tweet on our Twitter that says like we would never ask you for Bitcoin, and it. And I feel like seeing stuff like that, it's like, yes, like we, we trust Bling and they're never going to rip us off and they're never going to do the You know, the, the other thing. day, the other day, Barack Obama asked me for Bitcoin on Twitter. So, <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it, that's what it's come to this, this crazy world. I know. I know. Hey, they actually, um, did he charged... ask you also? No, no, no. They, they, they charged the, the kid. It was a 17 year old in Florida. They found yeah. the kid? They found the kid. It's a, it's a 17 year old kid in Florida and they charged two other people. <gasps> That's amazing. Okay, kids, crime doesn't pay. <laughs> Sorry, just, Does not. just being funny. Actually, the kid that got uh, Michael Turpin, you know, we both know Michael, uh, you know, mm -hmm. was actually 15 years old at the time of these crimes. And the kid started buying like lamborghinis and started like going bananas and like he told his parents that he was really good at playing video games like he was like he was like i'm so good at playing video games i'm gonna buy a lamborghini you know and i'm 15 like it's like you're a kid, kid do you do you even have a permit like what's wrong with you so so they caught the twitter kid 
Wow. Yes. Yes. Amazing. So, okay. That's a big giant digression. Sorry, sorry about yeah. that, but it's entertaining as hell. So, uh, so I guess, you know, that's a big message, I think. I mean, one of the things that I really like is I like this juxtaposition, right? Because there's a juxtaposition of like, oh, this is so easy. This is so fun. Like I'm really having a nice time here. But at the same time, the thing that's so funny is, is when you look at your backgrounds, it's sort of like legal and finance, right? And so the idea of like, oh, like they're so reliable and they're so responsive and they're so responsible and they're so transactional. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, like the, the, the feeling is like, this is fun, but it's not some kind of, it's not like slippery. It's more like, no, this is really, I'm really joining something like this is really regular. This is really like, you know, I, I can, I can, I can handle this. This is trustworthy. Well, you know, I, you know, the legal name of the company is technically Bling Financial, right? And like yep. I said, my co-founder and I both come from fintech, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I think what we are doing is kind of looking at the crypto industry as a whole and saying, how do we improve this ecosystem? So the, the first part of that question was, how do we onboard new users to crypto in a positive, non-scary way? And, and now we're doing it. And so I think step two of that question is now what, right? Yeah. A lot of our users will write in being like, okay, so I've got Bitcoin now. Like, what do I do with this? I and played so 2,000 hours of your game and now I have <laughs> uh, I have a whole Bitcoin. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Probably not a whole Bitcoin, no, but I'm you know, you, you've got, you've got, you know, you've got some stuff. Yeah. And a lot of these people, like they're not, they're not immersed in the crypto community like you and me. They don't know anything about compound, DeFi lending, you know, candles, reading candlesticks or whatever. They're just like regular people. They're not ready. Like, they're not ready to take their uh, currency and start yield farming. They're not like, ah, oh, let, let me at them. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, for us, I think that's probably going to start being the next step of our journey, which is okay. Like giving them yield what, farming. Well, I think I'm it's teasing. what can we do with our users um, and help them with their crypto journey in a very simple way, you know, something that's not like totally overwhelming. That's great. That's really, uh, that's inspiring and it's exciting. So uh, I guess one of the things that I keep coming back to, even though I know that the, the theme of this is kind of crypto gaming, is, uh, you know, I really want to kind of keep coming back to sort of like the entrepreneurship uh, process, right? Because, you know, in a way, the two things that are notable, I think, is is that you're you're really kind of a first-time startup company CEO. You know, I think you're been tremendously good at it. Uh, so I guess my question would be, like, you know, what are what are the kinds of top lessons that you would impart from from your uh, from your journey? Like, in terms of like, what are the top things where you'd be like, you know, what I would say to myself if I had a time machine, you know, I could go talk to myself back from when I started, you know. I got what I say. Now, obviously, like maybe it isn't yourself, but maybe it's more like people in the audience. Like, you know, what what advice, especially in light of COVID, right? Because a lot of people now are kind of soul searching. So, like, yeah, you know, how, what would you what, what what would you say to kind of a struggling entrepreneur during this uh, global pandemic? Um, you know, first of all, I think you have to be very ruthless, right? And mm, and you fantastic. can't be too emotionally attached to anything, right? Um, 
we we have not had to let people go due to COVID-19, yeah. but that's because we were already in crypto winter and already running things very conservatively, very leanly. But I know a lot of startups um, have not been doing that up until now. And, and you know, I, I think you just got to react quickly to to what the situation is. But, you know, just just. Um, do you have any more, kind of ruthless stories that you can share? Or I guess it sounds like you didn't have to, but like, are, are there other ways in which ruthlessness plays into the narrative? You know, uh, gosh, uh, we were super excited about a hire recently. Yeah. And um, they were coming from, or they were supposed to be going to a unicorn, but had their offer rescinded yeah. um, due to COVID-19. Yeah. We had to actually let them go after three days, even though we were like so super excited. We were yeah. so stoked about this candidate. We yeah. actually like didn't even go through the normal hiring process, Oof. right? That's so tough. what we learned about that, always go through the normal hiring process. Yes. And, and you know, I, I think they had gotten through because we were really looking for someone with certain technical skills and this person demonstrated it. Yeah. Um, and we were willing to sacrifice a little bit on cultural fit. And I think after three days, we realized that the cultural fit issue was going to become a big issue. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think that you're really reflecting on kind of what some people call like uh, hire slow, fire fast, right? So, you know, that's a, that is a form of kind of ruthlessness. So I, I really appreciate that. That's, you know, cause you're really- Don't ever- yeah not follow your hiring process because i have to tell you it was a very traumatic right. experience for both my co-founder and i <laughs> yeah 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 well but it, but it's again it's sort of like a hallmark of like success so i, I really appreciate you sharing that uh so uh, uh, uh other other top top hits um you know the other thing i would just share more generally is i think you have to sort out and organize and make sure that your personal life is, is in a good place um, before you're going to, uh, you know, go do all that successful stuff with your company, because otherwise it's just kind of like it's mental subconscious baggage. And, you know, it's, I think it's going to hold you behind. So I'll invest in yourself in your personal life and, you know, do a lot of self-reflection. That's brilliant, right? Because the thing that I, uh, one of the reflections that I've had from some uh, entrepreneurs over over time is that like, most most startups kind of like run into sort of founder uh it's funny the word founder actually means like the boat crashes into some rocks you know so it's it's kind of like the you know the boat is founder you know it's foundering right and it's kind of like yeah you know the company is foundering because the founder is like crazy or you know what i mean so like i i, I definitely think that one of the things i've noticed is that healthy people kind of like seek growth right that because mm -hmm. you know if you're like healthy then you're gonna grow and and you know and that a lot of people who are kind of unhealthy they get stuck like they go into loops right they go they and 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 people who are kind of not that healthy are maybe kind of like uh kind of reenacting a trauma like a past trauma and they're kind of playing it out like they're they're kind yeah. of creating this drama and they're kind of like making that they're enacting the drama onto their current reality as opposed to kind of just 
dealing right because it's like it's hard enough it's hard enough like the world as it is is hard enough so like you know it's it's better to just show up and be like okay like what's the actual problem you know and not kind of make more problems so that's super valuable so so that's good so get so get get your like get your life straight get your you know get yourself sorted out and like be in a good headspace so and make a, sure your co-founder is too, you know, oh, like so Dan's been awesome. Like he, he does this thing called Miracle Mornings, you know, wakes up an hour earlier every day, journals, reads. An reads hour earlier every day, each day than the previous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, oh, no, 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 not, <laughs> <I'm> not. <joking>. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, you know, and I, I totally understand why people say have a co-founder, right? Because it is a very lonely journey. Yeah. No one else understands what you're doing. And oftentimes... Um, you know, when I'm, when we're talking, it's not even necessarily about the business. It's about like things happening in our families, you know, like, you know, oh, our emotional takeaways from this meeting, like a lot of it is so psychological and you wouldn't think that. Yeah, but, but it is. That's great. I mean, you know, we're all, we're all human beings, right? And I think that if you over, uh, overcorrect against that, then like you're missing something that's foundational and, you know, you're missing things like motivation you know, and you're missing a lot of really deep insights about like the human condition. So I think we do have to connect to that. So uh, I guess I think that might have been too, right, which is sort of the ruthless quality and then also kind of like clarity and kind of having your head straight. But like, you know, is, is there is there another one? Oh, gosh, um, that's all I can really think about now, except, you know, like. We can give you two out of that last one because I think the sec because the second one was like make sure your founder is two. That's a third. That's a, <laughs> here's here's something for cri- the crypto industry. Oh, okay. Um, be practical about your numbers, right? Like, I feel like, um, I feel like in the crypto industry, people measure up against each other, but not necessarily metrics of you know like standard Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, and I get the temptation. But at the same time, uh, first of all, you know, if, if you can't go by traditional, more traditional Silicon Valley metrics, it means you can never get, you know, those types of investors. Um, but B, you know, like uh, sometimes crypto can be very much an echo chamber. And so I remember one of our experiments back in like, oh God, like end of 2018, we built this little thing. We were like a top dap in like oh, December. Yeah. We had like 90 daily active users and we're oh, like, my God. It, that's awesome for the crypto industry, that's you know? Um, but like, if you went out with those numbers as a regular startup, people would totally laugh at you, you know? Yeah. So you know, don't compare yourself against, you know, just other people in the crypto industry. Compare it against like the the broader world. Yeah, that's good. That's that's great advice. So, uh, yeah. Um. So th- this has been, you know, a really fascinating tour, and you know, really interesting. So I guess, uh, you know, the the thing I'd like to kind of, do you have any other kind of parting advice? Uh, you should download and play our games. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a gimme, right? And absolutely, I think I strongly encourage everyone to check it out. You know, even if you're already deeply into Bitcoin and everything else, uh, you know, I would definitely check out, uh, you know, Bling Fi. And, uh, you know, I think you can you can grab it, uh, you know, on your local uh, Android device. Absolutely. And it will be coming to iOS soon. Oh, exciting. Great. 
I'm glad to hear that. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on the Miko Bits show. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll chat soon. Cool. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye. Bye.